0: From the Credit Union National Association, this is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people, credit union ideas. Build a culture that focuses on the employee, their sense of belonging, value, and commitment, and you'll build a culture that will enable employees to work together cohesively and ultimately perform better. I'm Jennifer Plager, a senior editor with CUNA. I recently sat down with Dr. Troy Hall, Chief Strategy Officer at South Carolina Federal Credit Union and author of the book Cohesion Culture, Proven Principles to Retain Your Top Talent. We talked about what a cohesion culture is, how to implement one, how to retain employees, and more. Troy, let's start by talking about just culture in general. Why is it important to build a culture within your credit union?
1: Well, uh, culture, <laughs> as as we have heard through the uh, many uh, presentations and textbooks, culture each strategy every time uh, for lunch, breakfast, and dinner. And the the culture of the organization is really the pulse of what the organization is doing, specifically as the employees work together to produce the product or the service or whatever they're delivering into the marketplace. And specifically in culture, why we think that and why we know that that is important is because it is the lifeblood of the organization. The people are the lifeblood, and the culture is a representation. And And so uh, looking at my academic work uh, with my Ph.D. in global leadership and entrepreneurship, I did specific work with group dynamics and studied cohesion, and so that became an important element. And then here at South Carolina Federal Credit Union... We have such a great culture cultivated and begun with ideas and visions from HR practices and strategies through Scott Woods, our CEO, and Leslie Norris, our Senior VP of HR and Development.
0: So what's the culture at South Carolina Federal like?
1: The culture here is one that I would describe as a cohesive culture. So we call it cohesion culture. And cohesion culture has three primary elements. It's the element of belonging, value, and commitment. And the important thing to know about teams that work cohesively is this. In all of the research that's done, when an individuals or when when groups come together and they operate cohesively, then they have performance. So no matter um, what uh, you, you want to accomplish, you have the opportunity to do that when you focus on a cohesive culture. Now, you can have rituals, uh, your stories, you can have uh, customs and traditions and, and symbols and language, and those reflect the culture. But many times when people are trying to describe the culture, it's like, well, what is it? And so we've kind of married the academic work I've done with what we actually were creating at the credit union in the way we interact with each other And we became very clear that it is we have a community of belonging where people feel like this is a place where they want to be. They have value because the individuals have purpose, and that purpose allows them to just explode with passion. And the commitment aspect, which is really kind of an interesting aspect, because we focus commitment on the employee first, then on the organizational goals. And I think that is something that makes this cohesion culture so different and why we've been able to, to actually put a name to it here at the
0: credit union. So how is a, a cohesion culture different than just a regular culture?
1: Cohesion culture has a defined elements in addition to the stories, rituals, traditions, customs, language, and symbols. So right off the bat, you say, oh, I want a culture where people get along. Okay, great. So how would you make that happen? Well, there will be a series of actions and events you'll do. And someone will say, well, describe that culture to me. And the words that might be used could go on for days before they could really articulate what we're doing. But if you can boil down the culture and and you can tweak it, in each of your organizations. So I'm not saying that the culture that we have at South Carolina Federal is the only culture ever in the world that will do it. But what I'm saying is the framework around the cohesion culture is what's important. And that's the message I bring to the marketplace. And that is to create a sense of belonging, to create value, and to create commitment where you are first focused on the individual, then on the organization. And what makes this work is, first of all, the leadership. In the book that I have uh, had the pleasure of authoring using the um, Living Laboratory at South Carolina Federal Credit Union and my academic work, we take a look at and say, what is the sense of belonging that individuals have and why is that so important? Because we are inherently created to belong and to have community. It's a, I guess, a, a, a culture of connection. And we want to do that. Now, there'll be anomalies, but we're not talking about that. We're saying normally what would, would occur. And then the value, everyone seeks purpose. They want to know even they seek sometimes a higher power. They seek some um, a connection somewhere in the universe. Uh, and so we really do understand for value. And making sure that people know that what they're contributing to is contributing to the success of the organization and their personal success is extremely important. And then lastly, the way we focus on commitment. We have uh, created a process here where we work on the development of the individual. Everything is geared to how does the individual find an opportunity for development. And all of this really stems from a couple of things. What we know statistically is that 63% of all employees that you bring into an organization are actively seeking some sort of advancement or some sort of new role. They want to not necessarily take over the organization. They're not necessarily just saying, hey, I'm going to come here and get a little bit of stuff and go somewhere else. But what they want to know is, am I working for an organization that cares enough about me to make sure that I have my development handled and will give me an opportunity for advancement to the next level.
0: When a a credit union or another organization is sitting down and and they've decided we want to establish a culture within our organization, it sounds like they have to be really intentional if they want to develop a cohesive culture. They have to really kind of think about it. Like you said, it's not just the stories and and the pictures and whatnot. It's really looking at that individual employee first. Yes, and it's
1: building everything on HR practices and strategies. And so we build the culture from that. So our HR voice is present at the senior management table. And we take a look first and foremost of the leader. And we ask ourselves, who are we as leaders? And we subscribe to transformative principles. There are four transformative principles that we um, feel truly reflect how we interact with each other. Um, The first one is that we aspire and teach vision. And I want to be careful here to make sure that you caught that I said the word aspire, not inspire. And there is a difference in how that actually works. Aspiring is giving the future, putting the place out there, and teaching it allows the person to get there. When you're just inspiring a person, you're just stimulating them towards something that they may want to get to, and hopefully it would be the same thing that you want. And they might think of you as being inspiring in a general way. But to aspire, you are moving people to a very specific direction. The second aspect or the second transformative principle is to be a good social architect. Do you get along well with people? Do you know how to make sure that individuals are properly greeted and recognized and acknowledged for the work they're doing? Uh, Create a trusted environment. That's the third one. And that means that you speak with honesty and candor with individuals to ensure that you have created this way that... People can provide feedback, and and they can get um, a critical direction. They can get coaching for what they want to do and for how they want to develop. And then lastly, the leader must practice self-regard, and that's where emotional intelligence lives, and it's where the individual not only can manage emotions, but also manage themselves and how they appear and show up each and every day. And so we start there with the leader and those transformative principles. To ensure that you have success, specifically in creating the culture or in a brand or some activity you want to do, there's three primary elements that you need to have. The first one is it has to be honest. That means it's true, it's authentic, that what you actually say is what you do. It then has to have what we would consider senior management support. In the cultures of organizations, if the CEO does not not only just buy into it, but does not actively participate in what is happening in the culture, then it can go awry. And sometimes CEOs can do this and they don't even realize it, but they can ruin months and months and months of work with one simple comment that they make that sort of derails the way people think. And then the third aspect is is that what you build in the culture has to be so easy that people will live it, breathe it, and own it.
0: Is this idea of a cohesion culture, is this kind of a new trend that organizations are starting to identify and realize is a good move and are starting to adopt?
1: In the literature, for the last 40 to 50 years, we've studied cohesion and we know that cohesion is a causal activity. It's a causal phenomenon, which means that when cohesion is present in a work group, then you get performance. That's why I suggest that we think more about cohesion and less about the term engagement. Because we can measure cohesion, we can't always measure engagement. Engagement, we have some sort of an idea of what it is. Organizations have thought about cohesive cultures for a long period of time. What we've been able to do here is put a label to it, again, based on the academic information and research, based on what our culture is doing. Why, though it's important, is the real question. The cohesion culture is important to retain talent. Individuals, as I told you, 63% of them are looking for an opportunity for advancement. Here's some other uh, statistics that will be helpful. And this is, again, why you want to focus on the cohesion culture. Why is it so important? Why should organizations be paying attention to it? It's because the war is not necessarily just talent acquisition. It's in retention. It's keeping the talent present. You spend all this money getting it here, Do something with it so that it will stay. And we believe that if you give people a reason to belong, they are more likely to stay. Why do we know that? 87% of individuals who were surveyed indicated that they would much rather work at a place they loved with a little less salary than they would be to work someplace where they got paid a ton of money and totally hated it. And looking at some of the global studies that have been done, because this information is not just unique to the United States. It works around the globe. 40% of employees surveyed in these global organizations in about 26 different countries participated in this um, activity. 40% are actively committed to the organizational success. Now, that's staggering when you think about it. So, here you have a workforce and only 40% of them are actively committed that's why organizations need a cohesion culture because 24% of those individual workers are disengaged. you got 24% of your workplace. One quarter of your workforce is a detractor to what is happening in the organization. These are people who don't have a positive attitude. They sort of, uh, uh, you know, they have some commentary against anything that comes out. If it doesn't perfectly align with them, uh, they may have an entitlement sort of activity. I don't know. But that is that group. So then you've got 36% of individuals who are then unsupported or undeclared. And that 36% of those workers sometimes believe That management does not care, and management does not provide them the tools they need to get the job done. Because if we were doing this backwards and I were to ask you a question, I would say, do you know what the number one reason is that people leave an organization? No. Okay. And the answer is this. It's the connection with the supervisor or the disconnection of the supervisor. That's the reason that people primarily leave an organization. Now, there's always life events that cause people to leave, but those, those things you, can, you scrub out. You look at what are the real reasons that people leave, and these global drivers of, of retention for organizations, they fall into the area of leadership. The number one driver of retention is leadership, and hence that's what we spoke about in the very beginning of the program, get the leadership right. Oh, advancement is the second one. of people coming into the organization are looking for some opportunity for advancement. Then comes fair compensation. There's my 87% of individuals who say, I would rather love where I work than to get a lot of money. Now, I'm not saying people don't want money. So please, anyone who's listening, don't hear that. Tools and resources. There again, goes back to support with those individuals who felt they weren't um, supported. And then lastly is autonomy. And autonomy is a real interesting piece because it wraps up into four characteristics of today's workforce.
0: And what are those characteristics?
1: The first one is entrepreneurial spirit and autonomy. And I want to make sure that we're clear that these workforce expectations and characteristics are consistent over all generations. As you may be aware, there are five generations working today. And as I like to say, it's not your grandpa's global anymore. And it is a misnomer when individuals will say, Oh, that's the characteristic of a particular generation. And I'm going to say this for our folks in HR before I get to the other characteristics. They'll like this disclaimer. We spend a lot of energy on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And yet we turn around after all of that and we then label a generation and actually create exclusion by simply doing something that we never thought was was really a negative consequence, but it is. So if you want to properly talk about the workforce within your organization, even though you may have a large number of individuals who were born within a particular range, by the way, that's how you get to be a generation. It's just based on when you're born and you may have a lot of them, but to be able to say, oh, that generation wants this or that generation wants that, I'm saying I don't think those individuals clearly understand how the characteristics work when they're melded together. So looking at them, I'll go back, the four characteristics, entrepreneurial and autonomy. That This is really good for businesses today. You want a culture where individuals want to be entrepreneurial and they want some autonomy because you want them to think like the CEO even though you don't expect everybody to be the CEO. And entrepreneurial-minded means I'm going to try to think about my area. I'm going to think about my job. I'm going to think about the things I do the way I would if I ran my company. But the autonomy piece is the balance. And this is where sometimes we have mislabeled some of the generations by saying that they feel that they are entitled. No. They want autonomy. They want to know, what decisions do you give me? Why? Because I want to display my entrepreneurial spirit. I can't do that if I have to walk over and talk to you or call you or email you for every decision that you make. You have to give me some some latitude, some way to work. And then collaboration. Today's workforce, they want to be meaningful. They want purpose in their life. And so they want to collaborate, which means that they want a voice. And one of the main rules of collaboration that I, that I teach and I speak about is the fact that everyone at the table has to agree they need each other, and when they do, you have collaboration. Then we look at social connectivity, and I don't really mean just social media. I mean, talking about Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and all of those particular opportunities are great, but people want to connect socially even on a small scale, for the most part, people are interacting with five to ten people on a very regular basis, especially if they're meaningful conversations, and they want to do that, and that's how they connect. Oh, there's our community of belonging. There is the opportunity for individuals now to feel that they are a part of something and maybe even to be a part of something special. And then lastly is that purpose and passion. This is where individuals say, I need to have value. I need to be valued in what I do.
0: So other than a a CEO that is buying in and, and they're actively participating, what other kind of characteristics does a CEO need to have in order to build this cohesive culture?
1: Well, the first thing that I work with when I'm working with CEOs is I ask them this question, how do you go about being teachable? What's that mindset like for you? Because when the CEO is teachable, Lots of great things can happen. And I'm not saying that that CEOs shouldn't already have a direction or a plan, but will the CEO contribute to what we call influence thinking? Will the CEO allow things to come in his or her mind? Or the senior team? Or the other leaders of the organization? Will they fill their mind with information that will create the type of positive outcomes that the organization is looking for? And all of that comes together with then the trusted voice of others that they will will listen to. And those voices will contribute to what's being put inside your head. My mom used to say that I will only make the actions that I take based on the way I think. Like I don't take actions that are inconsistent with how I think. So you have to make sure that your thinking is right so that your actions that you take will will be good ones that will follow through. And so this teachable, and so the question becomes, or the message that I use when I'm out into the speaking circuit, I ask this question, or I make this statement, I say, you don't have to know everything, you just need to be teachable. And that is one of the first characteristics. If you can do that, and then model humility, and seeking the truth, and, and some other characteristics that I speak to... Uh, your leader is going to be great, that CEO and the other uh, folks will be great. And by the way, I do want to qualify one other thing here, too. I've talked about the CEO because the CEO is pivotal to what we do. But in our organization, we believe everyone is a leader. Every individual is a leader, whether implicit or explicit to what they do. We don't expect that leaders are only people who have others reporting to them. Leaders are individuals who contribute in this way. We look at the definition of leadership and it's to motivate, influence, and enable others to achieve success. If you are doing those things, you're a leader. And if you're not doing those things, and the question is, why? Why aren't you?
0: For credit union folks who think this sounds like a good idea, how do they begin?
1: Anyone I work with to start with, there are three things I tell them to go back and look for. You look for greetings, you look for Laughter, you look for handshakes. See what's happening in your organization in those areas. And when I say greetings, I mean dig into greetings. I'm not talking like the hello, how are you greeting. Everyone knows the hello, how are you is a nicety. Now, there are times when you really do care about how a person is. But for the most part, when you pass people in the hallway and you say, how are you? So you ask for how are the greetings meaningful, not just the surface greeting. Because we can have lots of surface greetings, but are they meaningful? And when it comes to laughter, it's does the organization have fun? Do they have moments when they even sometimes make fun of themselves? Are the senior leadership individuals accessible? And do they participate in with building the culture and working with the culture in a way in which it sometimes happens when you tell a story and there's laughter that comes from it? And then lastly, handshakes. Now, I just use handshakes as a, as a way to kind of bring it. But today we could call it fist bumps or high fives. It's that point of acknowledgement, and this is what you want to look for. You want to look for how many other people are acknowledging other people in the organization. That's when you know you have a very strong, cohesive culture, because that means individuals are not clinging to their own ideas, but they are actually contributing to the success of others, and they are feeding others value systems, and it's all coming together And it's really a great thing. Uh, Interesting story. I had a client I worked with, and the individual told me they had no idea that greetings were absent in their workplace, that individuals for for this department, the people came into this department, do their work, and they would leave. And they had no greetings or sort of interaction. And that individual leader thought that those employees were engaged. And what I tried to explain to the person was this. I said, that's not engagement. Engagement. That is people showing up to work, doing their job, and not doing a whole lot of of drama. That is nothing about engagement. And realistically, what organizations want today, they want an engagement, but they need to get that engagement through cohesion because they can measure belonging, value, and commitment. Build your culture around cohesion. And you can have your own stories and your own core values and your own whatever, But you should focus on belonging, value, and commitment. That gets you the type of engagement that you're looking for.
0: Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play.